Welcome, everybody, to the Moose Room. It is the OG3 here. I feel like it's been a while since we had all three of us together, but very exciting to to be back on with Dr. Joe and with Bradley J. Hines, PhD. Tenured professor. I'm, of course, Emily, in case you forgot. No, no fancy titles or letters. Just Emily works. (laughs) Uh, But anyways, so we are going to be finishing up our mental health series that we do for May, which is Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, And I I will be completely honest with you guys. We did have a guest lined up for today, um, but unfortunately they had uh, an emergency come up and weren't able to join us. Um, So we'll hopefully get them on a future episode. But so we decided we're going to wrap up May now with a little a little potpourri. It's been a while since we did a potpourri. We thought we would uh, just sit and chat and Joe and Brad are going to ask me questions and hopefully try not to make me look too foolish today. That's the idea. We'll see if we can get there eventually. Bradley. Oh, he just had a little smirk on his face. <laughs> oh, you never know what's running through my mind. It's just yeah, that's, that's spins and spins the scary and part. spins. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll start because I thought about this earlier today. I think it's a, I think it's something maybe you've talked about on the podcast before already, but I wanted to to rehash it because it's something that kind of comes up all the time, at least for me. And and uh, once you're aware of it, you hear it more and more. It's using the words crazy or insane in a context of not not describing a person, but in like more of a a joking manner. And if that's really okay, is kind of my, my question, because we don't know everyone's history when it comes to their mental health. It happened in a meeting the other day where someone was clearly the the key person for something to happen moving forward and was going to have to play the middle person and be the center of communication. And it was just joked about, well, let, let's do this in a way that doesn't make that person go crazy. Is that okay? Or is it not okay? What do we do with that? In the specific example you gave, I personally would say that's okay. Because it was like, yeah, what what can we do to make sure, you know, we don't drive this person crazy with this, right? Again, if if it's something where maybe they've had a big project before and it didn't go well or there was some sort of outburst, it would I would say that's probably not appropriate. Like you said, it's really hard because we don't know people's histories and and I would say, you know, a fair chunk of people are not going to be bothered by that kind of language. But there are a few that might be. And so it's kind of that that tricky place you find yourself in of of you know, do I you know, do I need to change my patterns based on this? And my general answer is yes, you know, we want everybody to feel safe and protected and not judged. And again, we might say something and not be fully aware of someone's history and may then inadvertently cause some harm in that way with our words. If you're talking about somebody else and saying things like, oh, they're insane, they're a psychopath, I mean, that's a hard no from me, that that's not super appropriate. 
again, this is just Emily personally and, and in my experience and in conversations I've had with other people who work in mental health. We try to avoid that type of language, I think, especially on like an individual to individual level. Um, but yeah, if it if you're in a group meeting and it's like, oh, we're working on this project. Well, you know, how can we support everybody? So so this person doesn't go crazy with it. You know, that's that's one thing. Um, but being like, well, I don't know if we want Joe to do it because, you know, he got so crazy last time about it. You, you, you hear the difference there, right, where it's a little more generally versus kind of aimed at someone that's that's kind of how i divide it if it's being aimed at an individual i don't find it appropriate to say crazy insane psycho etc but if it's kind of like the three of us are working on a group project and we're like yeah this is driving us crazy you know that's another thing so for any type of communication right it kind of comes down to intention and maybe we don't always realize our intentions might seem malicious to others but again i for me kind of the barometer i use is is it aimed at a general situation or is it aimed at an individual that's good I, and and yeah i mean I, we're we're in a day and age where word choice has become quite important to a lot of people so i just mm -hmm. constantly checking in engaging where where i sit on that because it is somewhat common vernacular in certain situations right like i can say this is driving me nuts in a certain context, that might be triggering to someone, but I mean, that's very common language in, in a lot of situations. I just wanted to make sure that for the most part, that's okay as long as it's in a general sense and it's not directed specifically at someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, good question. Okay. My turn. Oh boy. Scary. Scary. <laughs> Here's a good question that I've always wondered. You know, we all, we talk about people I don't know how, how to say it, you know, dealing with stress and all aspects of our life very differently and how we should relate to people like that or what are some ideas to think about when, I don't know, you know, here, here's my example, you know, so people go, Brad, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. I say that personally to you. So yes, yeah. How <laughs> exactly. do you do it? Exactly. Uh, how, how do you, you know, manage your job? You go home, uh, you milk your cow, which I'm doing again. You milk another cow, you run to softball, baseball, and, uh, you know, I have students and all that stuff. They go, I, I don't know how you do it. How do you manage it? How do you manage the stress? Yeah, I, everybody can see my hair has definitely got grayer over the pandemic in the last three years. <laughs> no uh, comment. Exactly. <laughs> Frankly, I don't really know how I do it. I, I wonder that myself sometimes and how I, in, I probably internalize a lot more things than what most people do. But is it easy to recognize how people deal with stress, mental health differently? Or is it you know, there's probably not a one size fits all type thing for everybody. I don't know where I'm going, but that that's my thought. I am not 100% sure where you're going either. So I will give an answer. And if you're wanting <laughs> something normal. different, that's just normal. tell me and we'll regroup. <laughs> so first thing I want to say, Bradley, I, I would say a lot of people get that where people may come and say, like, how, how do you do it all? How do you manage it all? And not, 
yeah, just be totally overcome with stress. I know I've been asked that. I obviously know you have, Brad. Joe, I'm sure you have as well. And what you said, Brad, that really stuck out to me is the thing I always hear people say when asked that question. Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> right? And and that, I think, really speaks to just how it is different for every individual. And, you know, we sometimes assume or think things like, oh, they make it look so easy. They must have no stress. Or even making comments like that. Like, well, you must not be stressed. You have the perfect life. We're not going to fully go down this road today, but I think part of that is spurned by social media. And so I think it's more in how we approach those questions, right? Kind of like the last question Joe asked. It's really about intention. When we go up to people and be like, you know, your life is so perfect. How do you do it all? Well, we're kind of setting them up to, we have you on this pedestal as perfect. So... You know, are they going to go, no, my life is actually, you know, a disaster and my house is a filthy mess and blah, 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 right? And so I think it's more about approaching that conversation a little differently, like saying, wow, you you do so much and, and that must cause you stress. Is is there one thing you do that, that you feel like kind of keeps you level-headed? It's still the same conversation. It's just approaching it in a different way and... I think, too, that is just a better way for us to open up communication with each other also. It's recognizing that, yeah, everybody's going to experience stress differently. And it's just approaching that conversation. If that is going to be a conversation, we want to have somebody a little bit differently and, and not focusing so much on the like, wow, you're Superman, you're Wonder Woman, you know, how do you do this? And, and more on like, wow, you balance so much and and I bet that is a struggle at times. And what advice do you have? Or even just saying, you you balance a lot and I bet that can be stressful. And just leaving it at that and, and see it. Maybe that opens up a conversation for them to to talk a little more about it, especially if they are somebody. I mean, I think we all have that friend or that colleague that just on the surface looks very perfect, right? Like I'm I'm thinking of a friend of mine from college right now. I think people are aware when people think that about them, and so they try really hard to to maintain that image. And so then what we are doing is actually supporting them in taking poor care of themselves. You know, instead of really stepping back from that and recognizing, as cheesy as it sounds, like, hey, they're human just like us, and we we all have a lot going on, and we all have stress, but, you know... We, we all want, want to appear to be fine or, or whatever it is. And, and I think we just need to approach those conversations with a little more compassion and, yeah, and, and less focus on, you know, this, this high performance perfection idea and focus more on, like, you balance a lot of things and, and I'm curious how you do that. So did, did that answer your question at all bradley is that yes. at all what you were asking yes yes okay. in my in my uh, roundabout confused way of yes uh, yes definitely no i think it helps uh, just to recognize that other people respond to things differently and it's different for everybody else you know we all have our lives outside of work and how some of us can't leave work work comes home with us and deals with it there too and so i just think everybody is 
has different situations and we just don't know what's going on. That's the hard part about what's happening in everybody's lives from day to day that can sort of trigger things or make you feel good or make you feel not so good. Right. Yeah. And and like I've said on this podcast many times before too, yeah, it's like we all have our different thresholds. So I will share a personal story actually. So, and and this is, yeah. So with a friend and talking about being stressed and they're stressed and they're like, oh, well, you know, at least you don't have kids, right? And And just kind of throwing this like, well, I'm more stressed than you because of X, Y, and Z conditions. And that kind of thing is just like, yeah, like, friend, I know you're stressed and, and your kids are a big cause of that and you're very busy running around with them. But I'm also busy running around doing things and, and have commitments to things and, and people and all of that too. And so I think it's just recognizing that we may look at somebody and go, well, why is that stressing them out? Because I've handled that and this and the other thing and been fine. Again, like I always say, it's not a contest. There's no trophy for the person who is the most stressed. There's no trophy for the person who has suffered the most. We we like to turn it into a contest for some reason. And don't get me wrong, I do the same thing. You you should hear the three of us before we start recording. It's just, you know, some some venting time. So I do it too, right? I'm not saying I'm I'm above all this, but just being mindful that it might not be stressful to us, whatever that situation is. But it's stressful to them. And and that should be a good enough answer for us, right? Because we are all different and we're all going to handle this differently and process it differently because we all have different baggage and background that we're bringing into things. And so it's just really comes down to that mindfulness of this is another person and this person is not me. So they're not going to be just like me. And, and then being okay with that. Okay, my turn. Yay. So you, you said it a couple of times, actually, and I had it already written down in my questions here. You said mindfulness a couple of times. And I've, I've this last month during May, I've heard that term several times. And I'm not quite sure what it means and if it means the same thing to every person who says it. So I've heard it described in a lot of ways. So before I tell you what I think it means, let's hear from the expert on what what is mindfulness. All right. So I'm, you know, not an expert, so people may argue with my definition, but it is it is based somewhat on the actual definition. So when we think of mindfulness as a practice, what we're really talking about is technically a form of meditation in which what we're doing is drawing our mind completely onto ourselves. So that's, you know, when we've talked about grounding exercises and stuff, that's a type of mindfulness because it's about bringing yourself back to the present. You've heard me talk on the podcast before about like doing a gut check or doing like a quick body scan for how you're feeling. That's mindfulness. So really being aware of, of what you're feeling, what you're thinking, what you're experiencing and and putting that into practice yes i have used the word you know mindful and mindfulness a little bit today too and yeah thinking about you know just the words we use before we say something and being mindful like yeah you know i i shouldn't put a lot of pressure on this person because i know they're under stress and i maybe don't understand all of their stress but i i understand that they need patience 
right? So, so to me, that's really mindfulness is just being in tune with yourself and how you are showing up and, and how you are reacting to things. This idea of practicing mindfulness is really about, you know, an, another phrase I say is like just sitting with yourself. A great example of mindfulness, this happened to me earlier this week. This week was, was the anniversary of, of the passing of, of somebody that I knew in my life. And, and I could feel actually the day before that anniversary, I just started to not feel very good. Just from a mood standpoint, I was feeling kind of blah. That's the best way I can say it. And so I was like, why am I feeling this way? So I actually went outside and I just sat down outside and just started thinking like, why would I be feeling this way? And then I landed on, well, I think it's this anniversary is coming up and, and I just have some grief that I just need to experience for a little bit. So I went on a 15 minute walk and I cried the whole time and I got back from the walk and I felt 100% better. And afterwards, I had a conversation with myself. Why do I think that worked? What was it? And I landed on the conclusion of, because I felt I needed to feel those feelings, and I let myself do that. And then my brain was ready to move on. But it wasn't, it wasn't going to get past that spot until I let myself feel that. And I could have ignored it and just trudged on with my day and been grumpy because I couldn't figure out why I was feeling off. But I took the time to just ask myself, what's going on? What do I think this is? And, and I was able to figure it out, right? And, and I know what works for me. It's grief. I needed to cry. And I cried and then I felt better because I just needed to feel those feelings. And people may think, that sounds silly, or that sounds like almost too simple, like feel your feelings. But you'd be surprised how often we don't let ourselves feel our feelings. And so I think that's a really big piece of, piece of mindfulness, of just saying like, I'm sad and I need to feel that way. And I'm angry and I just need to be angry for a few minutes, you know, and, and still channeling that emotion in, in a positive way. So maybe it's angry, you need to take a walk to, to let off steam whatever it may be. So for me, that's how I think of mindfulness is really us being in tune to to ourselves. And then that will allow us to show up better for others. So how how much do you want to argue with me on that one, Joe? I think it, it matches what I see. Most of it that I've seen in related to this month has been mindfulness and what you talked about more of a meditation standpoint and being there. And it that's an appropriate label for it. And I think it's a, it's a label for something that I think we all do and just don't know it, whether it's going for a walk or for me, it's sometimes fishing or sitting in a tree stand where I'm alone and I get a chance to just think to me, that's a form of meditation, which fits with that word mindfulness. Yeah, I agree. I, I just go outside some days. There's a little pasture out back. It's got a little creek that runs through it and I sometimes just go down there and sit think and let my mind not worry about what's happening so I can sit in the pasture and I don't know watch the cows watch whatever and it's very calming and yeah it helps relieve a lot of the stress of the day and makes things a lot better so yeah those are all you know great ways to practice mindfulness and you know the thing I kind of heard and what what you guys are saying is 
you know, these are things that you're maybe kind of already doing, or it's already like, hey, Brad needs to walk a pasture. And so, you know, you can integrate mindfulness into the things you're already doing, you know, it's just, yeah, it's a matter of if you are doing something where you're walking or driving somewhere, then use that time to to just check in with yourself and go, hey, you know, how am I feeling? What's what's on my mind today? You know, those are all great ways to to practice mindfulness. So I think you guys are right on track with that. All right. This this is a pulpery episode. I'm aware it's getting long, but Brad, do you have any other questions? Because Joe's gotten to do two. Otherwise, it looks like Joe might have another one. We'll let Joe go. He seems to be okay. inspired today. <laughs> All right. Just today. Okay, so my next question is, and I think we've, we've talked about this from the standpoint of the person who recognizes someone else who has a, a mental health issue. And we've told that person a lot of what they can do and how to help and what, what the resources available to them are. Now, from the opposite side, the person who's experiencing the mental health issue, what if you have someone who has all the best intentions in the world, wants to help you, even has advice that's backed up by evidence or whatever it is, but it just isn't helping? How do you disengage with that person uh, knowing that you, you need to find your own thing that's working for you? And what do you do with a person who has all the best intentions and wants to help, but that they're just not if you're the person in that that situation, how do you how do you handle that? How do you, how do you do the thanks but no thanks? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, I would recommend not just doing thanks but no thanks, and and that is something is you know again just just saying something very honest of just I I can see you really want to help me and and I so appreciate that and you've given me a lot of advice but you know I've I'm finding some other things that are working a little better for me so. You know, I appreciate your help. And, and if you, you want to hear about what I've been doing that's been working, I'd love to share with you. Very much letting them down gently. Thank them because that's really important because we don't want them to feel discouraged from helping somebody in the future. And maybe in that situation, their advice will be useful. So, you know, thanking them and like, you know, I, I really appreciate that, that you're someone who cares about me and wants to help. And, and I want you to know that, that I am finding that help. So thank you. Saying it like that way of kind of like, yep, I am good. So you don't need to keep coming at me with advice. But yeah, again, it's just really about being mindful in how you phrase it. There's not a cookie cutter, here's what to say. But I think it's important to, you know, thank them for wanting to help. And letting them know that that you are okay, right? Or you are looking down different avenues for help. Maybe it is somebody who's a really good friend of yours, and maybe them trying to help you has become a bit of a distraction to them. That that's all they want to talk to you about. And so maybe you can say, you know, hey, I've I found some other help, and you know, the thing that would be the most useful to me is is if we can just go back to having our regular conversations about our days and, you know, I want to restore some of that normalcy again. Things like that, right? That that are like, I still value you as a person in my life and I appreciate you want to help and I'm getting that help and then the best way you can help me now is by just being my friend again. No, no perfectly right way to approach it, um, but I think, yeah, it's, again, all about intention. And, and so just being honest, but, but you can be honest and not be hurtful. Perfect. Yeah, and I, I feel like that situation 
happens more often than you, we think. And especially the the last thing you said, where it's just like, I need normalcy in my life where we're just friends and, and we don't have to talk about that all the time, which I think applies to a lot of situations. There's a lot of people I think that get overwhelmed with people wanting to help, which is good, right? I mean, that, that you need that at a certain time, but eventually you need to get back to, Hey, we're just, we're going to sit around and have a beer and BS and talk about whatever. And we don't have to talk about that at all. And that's just as helpful uh, at times as well. All right. Well, any more questions, you guys, or let's, let's wrap up this potpourri. Potpourri. Close out our mental health series. Thank you, all, as always, for listening, but especially to this series. I think you all know it's very near and dear to me. So with that, if you have any questions, comments, or scathing rebuttals about today's episode, you can email those to themoosroom at umn.edu. That's T-H-E-M-O-O-S-R-O-O-M at umn.edu. You can also call and leave us a voicemail at 612-624-3610. Again, that's 612-624-3610. Find us on the web, extension.umn.edu. Find us on Twitter at umnmoosroom, at umnfarmsafety. And find Bradley on Instagram at umnwcrocdairy. That is a wrap. Bye. 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 Bye.